Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. McCarthy on notice. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Monday, October 2nd. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Florida Congressman Matt Gates is planning to force a vote that would oust fellow Republican Kevin McCarthy from his post as Speaker. Congress avoids a government shutdown by providing enough funding until mid-November, but critical spending issues remain. California Governor Gavin Newsom has named a longtime political operative to replace the late Diane Feinstein. And how a four-day work week can be successful from companies who have pulled it off. The idea is really not to work more in those four days, but work smarter, that you actually work the equivalent of, say, 32 hours a week, and you do it by making your work throughout that week more efficiently. Vanessa Furman at the Wall Street Journal on managing a shorter work week. A six-week deferral. That's the result of a last-minute agreement in Congress to keep the government operating until mid-November while lawmakers negotiate a long-term plan. Republicans and Democrats set aside sharp policy differences Saturday to avoid a government shutdown, but they did nothing to resolve the key battles on spending levels, aid to Ukraine, or securing the southern border. South Carolina Republican Nancy Mace on Fox News. The deadline was October 1st, so we're already past due on that deadline uh, to do it the right way, the legal way, because we can't expect fellow Americans to follow the law when Congress itself is unwilling. Meanwhile, Congress will be facing a new deadline of November 17th to produce full-year government funding levels or perhaps fall back to another short-term deal. The House has passed four of the 12 overall full-year appropriations bills to fund the government, while the Senate has passed none. Lawmakers have signaled that their first order of business will be to provide aid for Ukraine. Influential Republicans say support for other priorities will hinge on Democrats' willingness to write strict new border laws. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is facing a challenge to his leadership. Hours after a deal to avoid a government shutdown, Florida Republican Matt Gates has announced he'll attempt to oust Mr. McCarthy from his speakership. Mr. Gates on ABC News says he'll file what is known as a motion to vacate against Mr. McCarthy this week. If at this time next week, Kevin McCarthy is still Speaker of the House, it will because, be because the Democrats bailed him out and he can be their speaker, not mine. Mr. McCarthy's response on CBS's Face the Nation, bring it on. He's more interested in securing TV interviews than doing something. He wanted to push us into a shutdown, even threatening his own district with all the military people there who would not be paid, only because he wants to take this motion. So be it. Bring it on. Let's get over with it. And let's start governing. Mr. Gates is furious that the Speaker relied on Democrats to pass a stopgap spending measure to keep the government open. Once Mr. Gates brings up the motion to vacate, the Speaker has to schedule it for a vote within two legislative days. When it comes to the war in Ukraine, there seems to be a chasm between Republican lawmakers in Washington and their voters back home. Among the GOP base, skepticism of U.S. involvement in the conflict runs deep. But in Congress, Republican resistance to aid still appears to be shallow. In-depth analysis for Morgan Chalfont, politics reporter at Semaphore. Morgan set this up. Republicans in the Senate are, um, you know, majority of them support continuing aid to Ukraine. Um, and in the House, where there's been a lot of discussion about this, there still seems to be 
a majority um, of Republicans supporting assistance to Ukraine. Now, the number of Republicans in the House that oppose it is growing, but there does seem to be still a majority support in the House. Um, and this, the polling suggests that there is an, you know, a, a chasm between voters and and Republicans on the Hill. And I think that that, you know, opposition among voters and that fatigue among voters is going to continue to drive the mm. Republicans and some Democrats, too, I think, to okay. um, oppose more aid. So generally speaking, what's what are the arguments for and against aid to Ukraine that come out of Congress? So supporters of Ukraine um, in Congress have a, a number of arguments that they make. They say that this sends a message uh, that withdrawing support uh, for Ukraine would send a message to China that China would be emboldened to invade Taiwan. Also, that this is about um, you know a, a country's territory, and that you know withdrawing support from for Ukraine would would you know allow another country to invade Ukraine's borders. That it's about protecting. Um, uh, sovereign, uh, the sovereign country's territory and their boundaries, um, and also that it's just a you know it shows American strength and American um, you know commitment to democracy um, against autocracy. That's the pres- President Biden's big message. Um, and when it comes to to individuals that are opposed to Ukraine aid, um, which which tends to be Republicans, they say that you know basically u.s taxpayers are fitting the bill for another country's war that um actually some people say that um spending so much time on ukraine is actually taking away from the focus that we should have on china which is the longer term threat and you have people like marjorie taylor green some of the um members on on the far right that say you know we should be talking about the border security issues spending resources on that rather than um rather than spending so much time and putting weapons into Ukraine. Yeah. We're speaking with Morgan Shalfont, politics reporter at Semaphore. Her piece is called There's a Big Split Between Republican Voters and Politicians on Ukraine. Uh, one of the topics you mentioned was maybe oversights of this money. Would that be somewhat of a compromise here if something were to be formalized there? Yeah, so that's one thing that you do hear a lot from Republican critics, that they don't know where this money is going and that there's not a good accounting of it. Ukraine has obviously had a history of corruption issues, but they have, you know, Zelensky has anti-corruption initiatives um, now and is really trying to press forward on those. There's also a good degree of oversight of funds already um, in the government. So you have a lot of inspector generals looking at the money. But yes, there have been proposals for more specific inspector generals to look at Ukraine assistance. Um, and that may, in the end, be a, um, a way to compromise. You know, there's been some proposals to put more money towards oversight, for example, or to create a new pers- position to actually oversee the funds. What was the, uh, what was the breakout you had at the last part of your piece where you mentioned room for disagreement? Right. So um, there was actually a member, uh, French Hill, who's a Republican that supports Ukraine, who spoke at a conference here recently that actually said that there was um, that, that there's room to convince Republicans in Congress to um, 
to for more of them to support Ukraine assistance. So whereas I think that um, the the trends among voters and the trends among Republicans show that there will be more and more Republicans opposing aid, he was actually saying that um, Republicans can get Republicans who support Ukraine can get the number of their party that support Ukraine aid up. And he says they do that by um, clearly stating which countries are contributing to Ukraine because there's some arguments among Republicans that the U.S. is really footing the bill. And he says that we need to do more to, um, that the U.S. government and Congress needs to do more to elevate um, you know, the European countries and other countries that have contributed assistance. He also wants the Biden administration to more clearly articulate what the plan is to win and to give Ukraine the weapons, some of the weapons that um, Republicans and other critics say that the administration needs to give to Ukraine to, in order for them to push the Russians out of the territory. Thanks, Morgan. Morgan Shalfont, politics reporter at Semaphore. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for being with us. California Governor Gavin Newsom has appointed a longtime political operative named LaFonza Butler to fill the Senate vacancy left by Dianne Feinstein, who died last Thursday at age 90. More from this morning's Mike Gavin. Ms. Butler is currently president of Emily's List, an organization that works to elect Democratic female candidates who are in favor of abortion rights. She has also worked as a senior advisor to Vice President Kamala Harris and was the president of the largest labor union in California for more than 10 years, representing more than 325,000 nursing home and home care workers. Mr. Newsom's office says she will be the first black and openly gay woman to serve in Congress. Ms. Butler, who is 44, is expected to be sworn in as early as this week. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. Ms. Butler currently lives with her partner and their daughter in Maryland, where she is registered to vote. A spokesperson for Governor Newsom says she owns a home in California and will re-register to vote there. This portion of the program is brought to you by Policy Genius. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind. It serves as a safety net for your family. Life insurance can cover mortgage payments, college tuition, car payments, and other expenses allowing your loved ones to get back on their feet should something happen to you. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval. And Policy Genius has licensed, award-winning agents who can help you find the best fit. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Again, policygenius.com. 20 minutes after the hour on this morning. Here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden vowed continued U.S. support for Ukraine after further military funding was excluded from a last-minute congressional budget deal. The temporary measure pushed through to avert a government shutdown did not include $6 billion in military aid for Kyiv, a top White House priority. Biden says Ukraine can still count on U.S. support. We're going to get it done. I can't believe those who have voted 
for supporting Ukraine, overwhelming majority in the House and Senate, Democrat and Republican, will, for pure political reasons, let more people die needlessly in Ukraine. Hardline Republicans oppose further military aid. Number two. A group of House Republicans are reportedly penning a motion to expel Republican Congressman Matt Gates of Florida as he ramps up his efforts to boot House Speaker Kevin McCarthy from GOP leadership. Fox News and CNN say lawmakers will turn against Gates if an ongoing ethics committee probe doesn't clear him of long-simmering allegations of wrongdoing. The motion is already mostly written, but it remains unclear what the panel may find Gates guilty of. Number three. Donald Trump begins a courtroom battle in New York today that could cost him several hundred million dollars in penalties and deal a blow to the business titan persona on which he built his political identity. The civil trial pits Trump, who plans to attend the opening day in Manhattan today, against New York Attorney General Letitia James, who filed suit a year ago accusing the former president of inflating his net worth by billions of dollars in a scheme to obtain favorable terms on bank loans and insurance policies. The National Transportation Safety Board has opened a safety investigation into a collision that caused a cargo tank carrying 7,500 gallons of ammonia to overturn in Illinois on Friday. Board member Tom Chapman. Another vehicle may have been involved in a passing maneuver near the tanker truck. The driver of the truck appears to have reacted by pulling to the right. The tanker truck departed the roadway. Five fatalities were reported and six other people were hospitalized. Tim Wakefield, a knuckleballing workhorse for the Boston Red Sox, has died at age 57 of brain cancer. Wakefield won 200 major league games, including 186 with the Sox. He won the Roberto Clemente Award for Sportsmanship and Community Involvement in 2010 and was the Red Sox nominee seven other times. All right. Thank you, Jen. One thing we all have in common is a need to feed. If you're like me, you love to eat and want to eat right without much pre-planning and shopping. Enter HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall with HelloFresh handling all the meal planning and shopping. They do the work, you take a bow. Plus, HelloFresh is more than just dinners. There's breakfast, quick lunches, fresh snacks, tasty, time-saving, and delivered to your front door. HelloFresh's convenience, variety, and quality keep me eating right all day and night. Right now, save from the start. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh's menu offers 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Say goodbye to boring meal plans and HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. Thanks for being with us on the travel front. What happens if your host does not show up for your Airbnb, Verbo, or other peer-to-peer vacation rental? Here's Melissa Lambarena at NerdWallet. Melissa, what would we do? It will depend on the company, on the specific company. For Airbnb, for example, they might charge the host a fee when they cancel within a certain time frame. Airbnb will also issue you a refund if the cancellation happens within 30 days of check-in. They will also help you rebook a similar rental at a similar price if one is available. So when we talk about ghosting here, we talk about the host actually reaching out and saying, change of plans, this particular house or room or whatever is not available or are we talking about the host does doesn't even exist or show up it can be either of those the those it's it comes down to the fact that the host 
cancels the rental at the very last minute when it's most inconvenient and that is a possibility if you think about that we're dealing with humans who can experience an unexpected emergency or growing pains if they are new to hosting to prevent this from happening though sites like airbnb have added financial penalties for hosts who cancel at the last minute wow okay explain what happened to this woman you profiled this lauren gumport she had an experience where the Airbnb host canceled at the last minute and she happened to be a seasoned traveler. So she knew what to do in this situation. She got on the phone with the rental company and she made the necessary arrangements. Uh, she also was able to secure a travel deal in the process by booking elsewhere uh, in the process. I would have been in an all out panic overseas and this happens oh man i mean what do you do here melissa what's what's like step one if, if this happens to you you need to have a backup plan and it can help to have the contact information of the host and customer support readily available in case you need to reach them and also consider purchasing an international phone plan or know where to find free wi-fi so that you can communicate easily and as the travel date approaches you can research nearby alternatives, including other available listings, just in case you never know. But also important is to travel with more than one credit card. You may have to charge a new stay on your credit card and get reimbursed later. On top of that, you have to consider that if a hotel is your only option, there might be a hold placed on the card for incidentals and that can eat up a chunk of your card's credit limit. So you want to make sure that you'll have enough of a credit limit to be able to get by if possible. Wow, yeah, good point. We're speaking with Melissa Lamborina, personal finance expert and writer for NerdWallet. They've written a piece about what to do if you get ghosted by a vacation rental host. Um, you made a good point, I thought, about uh, making sure where you book has lots of reviews. It is important to do your own due diligence and look at the reviews for a certain listing in detail to understand any issues that you might encounter with the rental, including last minute cancellations. Thanks, Melissa. Melissa Lambarina at NerdWallet. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday, October 2nd. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Congressman Matt Gates plans to force a vote on Kevin McCarthy's speakership. The government is funded for the next 45 days after a short-term bill was passed Saturday. 
A nightclub fire in the southeastern Spanish city of Murcia has left 13 people dead. Officials in France are concerned about a recent outbreak of bedbugs since Paris hosts the Olympics next year. Chiefs edged the Jets in Sunday night football and the hospital that had a homecoming dance for a teenage brain cancer patient. That story in about 20 minutes. Working less takes a lot of work. Just ask the companies trying four-day schedules. Here's Vanessa Furman's deputy bureau chief at the Wall Street Journal. Vanessa, what have you found? Well, so first of all, the four-day work week, it's an idea that has just really gained steam since the pandemic. You know, first we had um, a lot of companies experimenting with remote work. Uh, they discovered that works. And so you have now more employers seeing, like, seeing, can we change up the traditional work week? Is it possible to actually work four days instead of five? And all of this is aimed at basically trying to give employees more work-life balance as they've been asking for, or many of them have been asking for. So the idea is really not to work more in those four days, but work smarter, that you actually work the equivalent of, say, 32 hours a week, and you do it by making your work throughout that week more efficiently. That's an important clarification. So the four-day work week is 32 hours, not jamming those 40 hours into four days? Exactly. That's and you're the keeping sell. the same pay? Yes, that's the sell. That's the sell to employers that you're going to still get the same output or productivity. And it's a win-win. Your employees also gain something. They get more time off. It's all about revamping the workday to be more efficient. All right. What did you find at, uh, at the company ThreadUp? Sure. Um, ThreadUp, which um, a lot of people know, is uh, they're, they're a, a, a secondhand clothing seller online. Um, they moved to a f Monday to Thursday week. Um, they, they gave it a test run in 21. They were looking again post-pandemic at new ways of working, and then they decided to make it official in 22. And before they did it, though, they really revamped the way they operate or, or work with each other. Um, they culled a lot of meetings. Um, they, they, they did trainings on how to lead more efficient meetings, how to uh, communicate more efficiently by email. Um, they also made focus time where people get uninterrupted time to really do their serious work um, a much more of a feature of the week as well. Wow. So, if, I mean, is there more proven efficiency with this? Yeah, I, I would say by and large, if I were to sum up what their experience is, um, it's been working for them. I mean, they, they have the same metrics, you know, their various teams have the same metrics uh, for productivity and they're meeting them every week. Um, what I will say is that it doesn't always turn out to be a perfect four-day week, just as a lot of us end up doing a little work on the weekends. Um, you know, some of these people also do a little work on, but it's on Fridays, um, maybe just wrapping up a few things. And it's not always, but, you know, for instance, the accounting team, they will work on Fridays if they're trying to get the monthly or quarterly books wrapped up. Uh, the engineering team will if they have a product, you know, an, an outage or a, another deadline they have to meet and, and so forth. Hmm. We're speaking with Vanessa Furman's. She's the deputy chief of the careers and workplace team at the Wall Street Journal. This piece is called How a Four-Day Work Week Actually Works from the Companies Pulling It Off. Um, and in some of these companies, though, this, the, the four-day week does not apply to everybody. Does that make it awkward? 
you know, I, I think it could. It's, um, you know, this has already come up in the UAW um, labor negotiations. Um, you know, the UAW, the United Auto Workers have actually made a four-day week um, a demand in their labor talks. And it's really interesting how, you know, that poses the question, well, how does that actually work for hourly workers? I mean, these are workers who are actually paid by time. So I think you would have to think of a a very different approach in applying it. uh, but but it is true. I mean, at ThreadUp as well, they have um, hourly workers in their distribution centers, and they don't have a four-day work week. But what they do have are flexible shifts, so that they can mix and match and 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 work the number of hours and days that work for them. Okay. Anybody found that uh, it's reduced turnover? Yes. Um, the companies that I spoke to. Um, who had really revamped the way they worked and, um, and what I would say, you know, what, what I would call, you know, did it successfully, um, they have lowered the, the turnover in boosted retention, and they've also seen uh, more job applications to those companies. Thanks, Vanessa. Vanessa Furman's Deputy Bureau Chief at The Wall Street Journal. Today's Mic Drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. Time now for the Mic Drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, nobody who works on this show can brag about our football team's fortunes this year, but we can claim at least one victory in the season's first month, something that still eludes fans of the Chicago Bears, who are suffering through an epic 14-game losing streak. Now, many thought that could come to an end yesterday, as the Bears were home to play the equally hapless Denver Broncos. In fact, one bar in the Windy City went so far as to offer to customers to pay customers tabs if the team lost Ooh. to the Broncos. The Clatter Ring Pub on the north side must have thought there would at least be a chance they would be off the hook, especially when the team opened up a 28-7 lead in the third quarter, but... This being the Bears, a team record-tying meltdown ensued, and Chicago went down to Denver 31-28. to And while this is good news for any Bears fan who spent the game drowning their sorrows, it also likely led to some awkward moments for conflicted bar patrons hoping to see the Bears win and also hoping to get free drinks but not being able to have both. Man. Yeah, can you imagine that? Because you know there were some people in the bar who were just who just wanted to get free drinks, right? Right. So the poems got like people, you know, rooting against each other. Man. In that kind of situation, that's just oh, that's just brutal. And it's, I mean, it's the Bears, so those those fans would gladly pay for the win. Well, I mean, right. pay pay for their food and trade yeah. for the win. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Certainly, yeah. I, I guess nobody wants to see a, a meltdown because at some point you're like, okay, they're going to win, so you yeah. sort of resign yourself to the fact that they're going to win and you're going to wind up paying, and then uh, yeah, and then that happens. Well, the big bad Broncos coming to town, right? Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, watch out. <laughs> and uh, one person we know for sure who was not spotted at the Clatter Ring Pub during or even after. After the game was Bears wide receiver Equinemius St. Brown, who, of course, was busy playing in the game, though the fifth-year player likely wasn't out and about blowing off steam after the game either. That's because St. Brown admitted to his brother, Detroit Lions receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, on a recent podcast that he only goes out after his team wins, something that hasn't happened, as we mentioned, in nearly a year. After being asked how that works, only going out after your team wins when your team never wins, St. Brown replied that it hasn't worked in a long time. Man. <laughs> well, I presume he goes out other, other, during other times. 
but not on Sundays after game day. I mean, if I he guess, loses, I guess. Yeah, we guess we didn't make that clear whether he doesn't go out at all. I mean, oh. he, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the off season, I, I, I have to hope at least during the off season he goes out. If you're if you're equanimous, St. Brown, yeah. now, yeah, you have to go out. Just because you, have you, may, to. you may never ever well, this, again. This could be part of the jinx. Oh, I see. You have to try to reverse it somehow. You're desperate now. It's been it's been 14 games they've lost in a uh, row. Yes, going yes. back to last year, like end of October of last year. You yes. have to go out. Yeah, I guess you so. have to go out. I I think your teammates would be okay with it because athletes are superstitious. Yeah, I never thought about that aspect that he could actually be jinxing them by by staying inside. Yeah, go out for the good go of out. the team. Yes. Equinemius. Do something. You have to do something. <laughs> change up your you routine. Change shoes. Do Put on something. some different socks. Whatever oh, you got to do. The Bears. My goodness. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for spending time with us. New research from Common Sense Media finds that about half of 11 to 17-year-olds get at least 237 notifications on their phones every day. About 25% of them pop up during the school day and 5% show up at night. In some cases, they get nearly 5,000 notifications in 24 hours. The pop-ups are almost always linked to alerts from friends on social media. Dr. Benjamin Maxwell, the Interim Director of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at Rady Children's Hospital San Diego, told NBC News that such a highly stimulating environment may affect kids' cognitive ability, attention span, and memory during a time when their brains are still developing. He adds that long-term consequences are unknown. NBC News says there are specific questions parents can ask their kids to learn more about their smartphone use. Questions like, what is your favorite app right now? What are your favorite people to follow on social media? Or can you teach me how to use Snapchat? The founder of Common Sense Media, who's a father of four, urges parents to remain non-judgmental during such conversations and to be open about how much of their own time and attention they spend online and with social media apps. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Republicans and Democrats set aside sharp policy differences to avoid a government shutdown. Now they have just weeks to resolve fights over aid to Ukraine, heading off a surge in border crossings and the overall size of the federal government. President Biden, in remarks at the White House on Sunday, touted the deal to keep the government open, but chastised Republicans for getting close to a lapse in appropriations. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of the brinksmanship. And so are the American people. Number two. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy faces a direct threat to his leadership after crafting a deal to avoid a government shutdown. As his most prominent Republican critic said he would seek to oust him from the post. The challenge was issued Sunday from Matt Gates of Florida, who spoke with ABC. 
I am relentless and I will continue to pursue this objective. McCarthy predicted he would survive the challenge from Gates. Number three. California Governor Gavin Newsom has appointed Emily's List President LaFonza Butler to succeed the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. The 44-year-old longtime labor leader heads up the group, which funds female candidates who support abortion rights for office. She's expected to be sworn in as early as this week. The pandemic-era pause on federal student loan payments has ended, leaving as many as 40 million people on the hook for a new monthly bill they haven't needed to make in more than three years. Economists caution that the impact on households and the economy remains largely uncertain, and there is little precedent for borrowers getting such a long break from their loan bills. But as the Biden administration ramps up repayments of the more than $1.7 trillion in federal student loan debt, retailers and lenders are bracing for a hit. It wasn't quite as easy as expected, but the Chiefs did escape with a 23-20 win over the Jets last night at the Meadowlands. The call on the Chiefs radio network as Isaiah Pacheco rushed 48 yards for a TD. Rashi Rice comes in jet action motion. Handoff near side, broken tackle. It's Pacheco, 40-yard line, 35, Jersey at 25-20, angling 15-10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. Yeah, superstar Taylor Swift was there to cheer on Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. A bunch of other stars joined her, including Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Paul Rudd, Blake Lively, and Sophie Turner. Injured Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers was also on hand. Taylor Swift has really helped put Travis Kelsey on the map. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seeing all that stuff online? Oh, yeah. So funny. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for joining us. When a 17-year-old brain cancer patient was disappointed about having to miss her senior homecoming, her caregivers decided to bring the dance to her. Megan Crafty, who lives in Huron, Ohio, was diagnosed with a brain tumor in May after suffering seizures. Once she had surgery to remove part of the tumor, Ms. Crafty arrived at the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital for rehab last week. There she was upset about having to miss her homecoming dance. The Washington Post says her caregivers sprang into action, putting together a surprise dance with help from her boyfriend of two years, her family, and other rehab patients. The group danced, ate, and did crafts. Fox News says three weeks ago, doctors removed 70% of the tumor. They had to leave 30% behind because it was connected to her nervous system. She's already back to walking without the use of a walker or wheelchair. Next, Ms. Crafty will receive six weeks of radiation treatments. Doctors and family are also awaiting pathology results from the surgery. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.